welcome to Mad About Crime. Uh, this is a new show where we um, review and discuss some of the best and worst true crime documentaries that are available out there. Um, your host, Christina, and joining me are my niece, Hendrix, and my best friend, Delilah, who also share my love for true crime. So hope you guys enjoy. So the first episode that we decided to go with is um, ABC's 2020 special on Ted Bundy. So it aired this past February. Um, and it actually has been 30 years since they executed him. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's kind of a big deal, even though like most of us weren't alive. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for when that happened. But um, but still, um, till this day, he's known as one of the most infamous serial killers in the U.S. He murdered over 30 women in seven states between 1974 and 1978. Yes. And that's 30 women um, confirmed. So it could just as easily be like 30 plus or something. It could probably be, it could be in the hundreds. Who who knows? Honestly, yeah. He doesn't even know. That's very true. He honestly doesn't even know, but for sure confirmed 30. So this documentary opens up with um, the confession tapes recorded from prison. Someone asking him how many did he kill? And he said about 30, it could be more. So, you know, and then it opens with um, his mom saying, oh, he was a wonderful, good person. You know, they just have different family members coming up saying, oh, you know, he was just a regular guy, just, you know, a nice guy, you know, Mm -hmm. like all around good American boy or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but as we were talking about, like his, his younger years, there was a lot of red flags. Yeah. There was a lot of information that was, um, unfortunately left out, but yeah, there was major red flags being that, uh, during his upbringing, which is kind of weird. He thought that his parents were um, actually his parents. Little did he know, they're actually his grandparents. Yes, because I guess she, um, his mom was like a single mom or whatever, I guess. Um, and she had to go to this this um, facility for like unwed mothers to go give birth, basically. So they sent him away. Yeah, they sent him away. Here, go give birth and then come back. But we're not going to tell your kid that it, you know, you're their mom. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell them a different story. And that happened quite often back then. That was a thing. That was a thing, apparently. Wow. But you can imagine the psychological damage, like growing up being like, oh, this isn't my father. I don't have a father. That's that's pretty not only traumatizing the child, but to the mother. I mean, I'm sure that was something. Yeah. Yeah, They they told them, oh, yeah, that's your sister. That's your way older sister. Yeah. That's kind of hard not to not to, you know, psychologically like heal from that. But that, that can do some damage. And also. Um, yeah, he had a rage, like this horrible, like rage, anger towards his mom for not marrying rich. Cause I guess she found a husband that he wasn't rich. He was just a, you know, mm-hmm. just a regular, regular yeah, basically. And just, you know, I don't know he got mad, I guess yeah. he got mad at her for not being rich. I mean, like every other kid would be mad for not their parents. Like, why did yeah. you not marry a rich person? And it isn't even like his stepfather was at fault because his stepfather always included him and wanted him in family events. Yeah. And, um, Again, uh, Theodore Robert, uh, which is Ted Bundy, took the stepfather's last name, which is Bundy. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting. But yeah, um, I mean, but still, he he had a dysfunctional family. I mean, it yeah, wasn't, absolutely. I mean, even the grandpa, he was like crazy. He, you know, like I guess he would um he would torture animals and things yeah. like that. It was just, it was Mr. Samuel Cowell, he was extremely racist, extremely mm-hmm. sadistic. He was just all around terrible, evil guy. Um, yeah, he would torture animals he would beat his wife uh torture the family dog i mean like what's that and that's something that he he witnessed yeah so he just grew up okay well i guess this is it's, normal it's fine it's fine mm-hmm. it happens in every american household that's fine whatever mm-hmm. but um 
But yeah, so, and apparently he was a peeping Tom mm-hmm. as well. So I guess, I mean, I, I get kids are curious, but I mean, geez. You know, <laughs> not curious. Not curious. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so anyway, the documentary opens up with, um, you know, a couple of uh, commentators. They're like uh, former FBI profilers and things like that. So throughout the, you know, doc- document, they, they just kind of, you know, um, comment here and there. So, so then he meets Elizabeth Clofer. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, you know, she's, you know, they met, she, he met her at a bar. She's, you know, she already had a, a, a kid. So she's a young mom. She works, you know, things like that. And I mean, meeting somebody at a bar is never a good place, but especially Ted Bundy, like of all yeah. people. So yeah. Um, so they meet and, you know, they hit it off and he's playing, you know, this, this like father role to their daughter, to, his, you know, her daughter and things like that. So that's mm-hmm. just, and that's his life. That was like one aspect of his life because he was living this double life. Like there was mm-hmm. Ted Bundy where he was like with the family man, this and that. Charming. You know, charming, good, you know, whatever, doing mm-hmm. all the good stuff, whatever. And then it was Ted Bundy, the, the serial, serial killer. killer. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so then we get introduced to uh, Linda Ann Healy. Um, mm-hmm. She was to believe at least the first victim that he killed. Yeah. So she was like a like a radio person um, who gave like the ski report, and I guess she didn't show up one day, and they were like, "Okay, well, where is she? Where is she? Where right. is she?" She was always on time for work and things like that. So then I guess he follows her home one night, breaks into her house, strangles her in her bedroom, and kidnaps her. Yeah, and that um, was one of the so one of the very first murders that he committed. But Ted Bundy was mainly known for um, strangulation. That's how, um, that's how he killed his victims, right? He yeah. Just, he just strangled them. Mainly strangling. Either with, like, I don't know, did he strangle them with, like, bare hands or just, like... I believe so. Honestly, a lot of serial killers, um, they get more of a, a fix, I guess, off of personally doing it rather than using a tool for, um, yeah, their... Because I know Devin, and some of his victims, his he, he would use, like, like a, like something like a scarf or like a, a pantyhose yeah. or something like that, you know, because they would still be right. like around the mm-hmm. victim's neck. These other girls, like throughout the documentary I mentioned, Donna Manson, Susan Rancor, Robert, Kathleen Parks, Brenda Ball. They were also other girls that, you know, Bundy abducted and killed. Um, Georgianne Hawkins, she's another one. She went missing June of 74. So this is how he lures her in. Because that's what he does. It's not like he just, you know, walks up to them and just grabs them. And, All right, you're coming with me. And that's it. Yeah, no, he you know, courses like he, them. He, yeah, he, you know, approaches them. So he approached um, Georgianne Hawkins and, you know, he was he was in a, in an alley or something. I guess he followed her. He followed her with his, with his little beat a little car whatever and he has like a like a leg cast and he's on crutches and you know and he's he's like trying to carry a briefcase and he's like seems to be struggling with it i don't know how heavy the briefcase was (laughs) apparently um so he so he's like okay yeah i'm struggling with this and he you know tells her like hey you know can you help me out this and that so whatever Mm -hmm. she's like okay well he's in a cast he's in this he's in that like he seems helpless harmless exactly he pretty so when she got close enough he like whacked her with a crowbar Right. Yeah. He walked over the crowbar that he kept like somewhere around his car and you know, just he just took, took her. her. He just took her. So um but yeah, but in and that's kind of a reference where they use in that in that movie Silence of the Lambs, you know how he, the guy's like he he's like trying to put a, a couch into the van and he has like a arm or something. Yeah, something's wrong with, wrong with something's him. Something's wrong with him and he's like, Oh, can you give me a hand? And the girl's like, Oh, Okay, sure, yeah, whatever. And then we know what happened with her. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. So they, so they, I mean, I don't know how awesome that is, but to know that it was inspired <laughs> by Ted Bundy yeah. and to be able to put into a movie, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I yeah. mean and the fact that it's based on real life events right, is even exactly more terrifying. Even, yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly didn't even know that. I just thought, oh my god, that's just a 
creepy ass man trying to lure this girl in or whatever right. but i honestly didn't know it was from like a like ted bunny used to do that mm-hmm. um, based on a real story yeah of all I, yeah. yeah but so. um ted bunny's victims all range from different ages but they all had something in common of course they're all female mm-hmm. uh, many were co-eds and honestly the age ages ages ranged from around 12 to uh late 20s yeah his youngest victim was like 12 yeah and i think he like he somehow got her from like i think she was in school mm-hmm. i think she was like she was like in middle school and mm-hmm. he like picked her up or something but anyway um at this point you know law enforcement they were they were unable to you know like tie all these abductions together they were like they, they just didn't know what the hell to do mm-hmm. they were just like okay we have no clues we have no witnesses no leads nothing they're just kind of you know and they feel all this pressure trying to find out to what what happened to these women and you know it's like of course you know these the the women's you know the, these girls you know their parents their families they're like they're like worried they're like okay why can't you find my daughter why can't you find anything there's really nothing and you know but yeah it's like they vanish into the air. yeah right there was no lead to be able to find these until lake sammamish yeah. So, uh, so until those abductions happened, um, so basically he, so this is, this is kind of important in the doc, in the documentary. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like there's nothing, they can't find anything. But when Lake, when the abductions of Lake Sammamish happened, that's mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, we're on to something because I guess it was a, it was a big, it was a big summer, like spot. Everybody yeah. would go there. There's a, you know, the, they had the lake, they did all the, all, all kinds of, all the kids were there. It was like a family bash with the whole community. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. So basically everybody was there. So he goes there. He abducted two women in the same day. Mm-hmm. In broad the same daylight. day. Yeah. In broad daylight. You know, there's tons of people there. Just everybody, there's a lot of people in there. And there were a lot of witnesses mm-hmm. that were like, hey, yeah, we did see this guy. He had an arm cast. You know, he looked this, this high, brown hair, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, they described him. Um, so, and about like five or six women, you know, came forward and they were just like, Hey, yeah, we were approached by this guy, but you know, we didn't fall for his lie. Thankfully, Mm -hmm, but still, you know, these women said that the man that approached them, you know, introduced himself as Ted. So now the cops have a name. Mm -hmm. They have a name because before they were just like, okay, well, we may have a sketch. We may not, you know, whatever. But now it's like, okay, we have this guy, Ted, you know, Mm -hmm. and of course he gave his real name, which I don't think he really thought that through. Yeah. I mean, eventually some clues are going to catch up with you because he thought he was so intelligent. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was in some aspect, but well, I mean, he was a law student. He was a university um, student and he was, he was very intelligent. He knew his way around, but I mean, just missed that very important detail. (laughs) Don't give out your own name. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the Lake Sammamish thing, people saw him, you know, describing, oh yeah, he drove a a VW bug. And of course, back then in in the seventies, everybody in the house had a VW bug. Yeah. They had that, they had that car. So they make a composite sketch and then there's, and then in the the documentary, they put them side by side. It's like, yeah, that's the guy. That's Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. Like they really like, they really, yeah, they spot on. So then, you know, Bundy realizes, okay, well, this is getting a little, a little too dangerous. Let me move. So then yeah. he goes and he moves to wash. He moves from Washington to Utah mm-hmm. and attends law school in Utah. So then he's going there and then, oh yeah. So then like a huge, huge thing happens where Washington police gets a phone call from his girlfriend, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and she rats him out. Yes. yes. Elizabeth yeah, she rats Clark. him out. Like, she's just like, no, like this, like you guys need to like. His name gave is Ted, but she Bundy. gave us yeah. uh-huh. full he, name. Yeah, she gave us full name, and she's like, "Look, you guys need to get him. This is him. I'm positive. You know, whatever." Although at that moment, they didn't know it was the ex girlfriend, right? Yeah, I think she kept it anonymous. She kept it anonymous. But anyway, but it, but later, yeah, they later found out that it was her, and she's like, "No, no, no. Like, 
it, it, you know, right. it's him. Mm-hmm. But the craziest thing that the police didn't do anything with that info. Mm-hmm. They at the time they who knows who dropped it was the ball. anonymous. Yeah. They weren't even sure. Who maybe it was, yeah, maybe they or... didn't know if it, if it was credible. But still, like they gave a last name. Like mm-hmm. his name is Ted Bundy. You know, he's so and so, so and so, and like here. And unfortunately, go after him. Yeah, and the didn't do anything. They didn't do right. shit. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. th- that always happens with serial killers. They always get tips. They always get clues, but they ignore it because it's the person they least expect. Like they, at one point, they were receiving two hundred tips a day, but ignored right. them. Ignored all. Yeah. Maybe because they, they, I mean, there were so know. many coming at once. Yeah, there have been you, false you really information. Don't know if it's credible or not. Like, yeah. okay, is this legit or is this like okay? Like, they just or are you just fooling us because we gave you a number to give us mm-hmm. something? Something, yeah. And mm-hmm. here you are just giving us quote unquote something Some and tips, leads, whatever. Yeah. Right. So, um, so Bundy goes on to kill four more women, mm-hmm. and um, and also you guys, he had a murder kit. Yeah, yeah he did, dude. That is. Mm-hmm. Be mm-hmm. like he. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess be prepared. But damn, like to, to kill. He had a whole thing. He had an ice pick, and he had use for each single item. Yeah, he had a murder kit, and he and used then, every tool for every kill. And he would go buy and restock again. Oh my goodness! They mentioned in the documentary that he would get mad. Yeah, he would get mad because he would have to go buy his his damn murder kit all yeah, over again. It's all like, over really? again. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. It's inconvenient for you. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's inconvenient for you from killing. Are you killing? Oh my God, I'm sorry. Gosh, can't, can't you have to go spend this money to go kill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pardon us. No. I hate it when that happens. God damn, you got to replace your murder kit all over again. <laughs> horrible. Very, yeah. very inconvenient. Um, so anyway, so for, so then he, jo- he joins the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. It's, oh God, it's just annoying. God God I don't know. You could look. <laughs> God bless him. He gets baptized. They they bring him in. These Mormon people, you know, they don't know. They don't, you know. I the guess, new guy came yeah. from Washington. I mean, who Blue knows? Who knows what little Utah, what little right. soft story he fresh. gave them and stuff. And you know, it's whatever. So they take him in. Whatever he gets baptized. Okay, you know, they're all about you know that he, you know, they would invite him to the social events. Um, apparently, he's a great gourmet cook. I don't know. One of the one of the guys, you know, the the Mormon. Um, when did he find the time between uh, strangling people and going to law school to, to learn how to cook? cook. <laughs> right. I guess he wanted to be productive. <laughs> Aside from killing people, Aside from I can killing imagine. People. Oh, right. He wanted to be productive <laughs> and stuff. So anyway, um, so then now we get to the point where we're introduced to Carol Durange. Mm-hmm. Yes. she is very important. Like, yes. oh my goodness, like she's like. I don't know when I, I saw her in the documentary and I knew who she was. I was like, oh my God, because she was the first woman to escape Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. Yes. Right. yes. Like she, like he, he pretty much goes, he was like at a, at a mall or at, I can't remember what it was. It was, but anyway, she he approached her saying, you know, and he's like kind of not really dressed like a cop, but he, he, mm-hmm. he says, you know what? Um, Ma'am, do you, um, someone is actually like vandalized your car or broke into your car, whatever he, and she, and she's like, okay, like he's not dressed like a cop. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's legit or whatever. So she's like, okay, show me a badge. And he, sh- he shows her a badge. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. It could be, he stole it. It could be fake. Who knows? Whatever. But so she's like, okay, whatever. So she'll, she'll go with him and, and they go to her car and, you know, and, she, and in her head, you know, she's saying like, wait, how does he know which car is mine? How does he know? Like. They're, her little red flags are kind of, you know, yeah, kind of, yeah, they're kind of popping up. Her little right, because he came up to her saying that he was security, from my understanding, security or, some, or something, something like that. Some, some bullshit okay. like that, whatever. He's just, he's just lying through his teeth. So 
whatever he gets to the, you know, they get to her car and he's like, okay, well, you know, she goes through the car. She's like, well, nothing's missing. And I was like, oh, and he says, oh, well, we need to file a report anyway. You know, let, let's come over here, you know, cause my partner's over here in the substation. And the substation was like the back of a laundromat. You know, it's just like, it didn't, it was just, it looked like an empty building, right? but whatever they go there. He tries to open this door like, oh, it's locked. Okay. Well, we got to go, you know, to the somewhere else or whatever. So let's get in the car. So she gets into the car and then all of a sudden he, you know, he like, he's driving and she's like, where are we going? What's going on? He drives into like this parking lot and then he tries to grab her to handcuff her and she beats his ass. Mm. Like she is fighting for her life. She beats, she, you know, they're struggling. He got one cuff on her. She was still struggling, whatever, you know, whatever. She beats his ass. She runs away. She flags down a, a car and they take her to the, the police station. Yeah, and, police and, station. and yes. So um, while all this is going on in Utah, Bodies are being discovered in Washington on the Taylor Mountains in 1975. Wow. They're just finding body after body after body, mm-hmm. like all in around the same. I don't know how they found the bodies, but they're, they're just popping up. So, of course, Bundy moves again um, to Colorado, mm-hmm. ends up in Aspen. Um, the, another girl, Karen Campbell, goes missing. Yeah. Um, she was having dinner with her fiancé, and she wanted a magazine from, you know, from her room. So... So she goes up, you know, and somehow he takes her and, you know, they found her, her body completely naked, like three miles away. And you can imagine, I mean, if you're moving state to state, he's still continuing to find victims. He's still killing. Because I guess serial killers, they're they're like addicts. They are. They need need to like, yeah, they're they're basically like like drug addicts. Like they need to get their fix Mm -hmm. and they'll find any, any way necessary to to get their fix. So we talked to Bob Hayward. He's a former Utah state trooper who Mm -hmm. actually um, pulled over Bundy for some traffic violation. So when he approached the car, he noticed that um, the passenger seat was missing, Mm -hmm. you know, but that is where he would lay down the victim's bodies or he would say, you know, he would put the cargo. He wouldn't say bodies like he would later told police that it was just cargo, Mm -hmm. but he would just leave the bodies there. So that's where, so then the officer is like, okay, wait a minute. He notices handcuffs and he knows something's wrong with this guy. He just knows. So whatever he took him in, booked him. Okay. He's arrested. Um, And during this time, Bundy was completely calm. He just told him, oh, the ski mask you found is for skiing and the handcuffs. I just found them in a dumpster. He did just in Colorado. Just played it fine. Just played it cool. But Everybody yeah. probably had one in their car. You're yeah. in Aspen, Colorado. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and then... I don't have to carry handcuffs. That's true. And then, <laughs> Unless you're into that kind of thing. Right? <laughs> and then eventually, um, they searched his apartment. I guess they got a warrant, and they were able to finally. Mm-hmm. And they found a brochure for a ski resort, which is where one of his first victims went missing. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, wait, let's just keep this guy in custody and keep doing our research because I think we have a lead here. Yeah. And oh my goodness. And then the, the Mormon guy, um, his name is Larry Anderson. He believed Bundy to be innocent. Like he completely did not believe any, anything that was being, you know, reported or anything, even though like, okay, like there's all this evidence, but he, he didn't, you know, they, they raised money for him, for his bail. Mm-hmm. They raised, raised money for his bail, you know, and then um, Carol Durant, which is the, the lady that, that um, escaped, she, you know, picked him up out of a, out of a lineup, um, but he tried to change his appearance every time he would go stand in a, in a lineup. Like he would try to part his hair differently or right. something, but no matter, I don't know. He, he kind of wanted to blend in and he was good at that. Mm-hmm. He was good at just blending in and just, you know, just being like everybody else. Um, but yeah, Carol was, she was not full. She's like, no, I know my attacker. That's him. That's him. That's him. 
So um, Carol's case went to trial and Bundy was found guilty of kidnapping. Um, so he went to a Utah state prison. Mm-hmm. So then cops from Colorado, Washington, and Utah, they get together and they compare notes. So they confirm that this was the Ted Bundy that committed all these murders, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're all, yeah. you know, so yeah. Um, after Bundy's conviction from the, um, from Carol Durant's case, Colorado police linked him to a murder of a woman in Aspen. Then he got transferred to the Colorado prison and he was assisting in his own defense. And I guess he had the right to use the, um, to, you know, he, he had that right. And he also had the right to use their, their law, um, like the library. library. Yeah, yeah. The library. So the judge said he didn't have to be shackled. So he was free to wander about the courtroom and the library, mm-hmm. you know, so he's, he's, he was just in the library studying, reading books, all that. And then um, summer of 1977, he just sees a window open and he, in the library and he decides to jump out. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> waited for the guard to go for a guess a smoke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he just climbed out that window and jumped out. Yeah. yeah. And the reason for that is he, when they asked him, like, why did you escape? And he's just like, oh, I just got sick and tired of being locked up. <laughs> what did you yeah, the simply. Like, you come on. Yeah. Serial killer. Yeah. You're getting tired of being yeah, locked yeah. up. Tell them. Yeah, six I days just, after. He was just fed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't have to take this. Six days after he escaped, he actually uh, stole a car and drove back to Aspen, which is where he used to live. Mm-hmm. And he was actually pulled over for swerving between lanes. And he was immediately recognized and taken back into custody. Apparently he's not a good driver since he gets no, I mean, <laughs> right? violations. Just follow the rules, man. Could have gone away. But yeah. yeah, fortunately they did catch yeah, him. Yeah, so they yeah, they caught him. Um and then um pretty much like okay, so then in mm-hmm. so he he's going through trial, he's he's doing the the whole, you know, okay, I'm I'm representing myself, you know, this and that, I'm going to the library, doing this, but they're keeping an eye on him, all that stuff. But in Ted's cell there was like a light fixture that was not welded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, by this time he had, he had lost weight, you know, when he was out and he managed just to like wiggle through this light fixture wow. and he goes through like the, the, the air vents or something. He manages to come in. He comes out into like a janitor's closet. He puts on the, whatever suit clothes that he finds there and mm-hmm. he just walks out the room. It's like what the hell, you guys? Like you guys have butterfingers with this guy. Like, just, <laughs> like he's just like really falling. They out just of the made it of your hand, too right? easy for him. They it really did. I easy. don't know if it was just. So was he actually intellectual, knowledgeable? Yeah, very. He was smart, very smart. Or man. was just were these the cops? The cops yeah. were just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that made you question. Like, like I don't know. I wanted to kind of scream at the at the TV. I'm like, you guys, and like you guys are the police. Like you guys are law enforcement. Like you, you, you enforce the law. <laughs> enforce the goddamn law. Um, but this was back in the seventies. I mean, they yeah. don't have what we have now, quote unquote. But still, yeah, it's very true. Still, so. yeah, but still, not okay. I don't know. That this is bad. This is like where, where is your manager type of thing? <laughs> so anyway, um, so it's nineteen seventy eight, and Bundy heads to Tallahassee, Florida, which is where the the Chi Omega attacks happened. So this was actually pretty well known for the, these attacks. Um, Cause he was like, he was like a kid in a candy store. He was, you know, he went into the sorority house and was just like, okay, I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna do this one. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna attack her, kill her, kill her, kill her. And he was, he just went, mm-hmm. he just went on a went spree, went on a killing spree. And one of the girls that he killed, he leaves a bite mark on like one of her butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. 
which is key. Remember this at this point. I'm like, okay, just remember yes. that. Cause that, that com- that's going to come back to haunt. That's mm-hmm. going to come him bite him in the ass. In the ass. Yeah. Later on. <laughs> you guys made a joke. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, insert laughter here. <laughs> insert laughter here. <laughs> insert audience laughter. <laughs> Can we have audience laughter? I would like that. <laughs> So then, <laughs> so anyway, um, so whatever. So he, so we're going to save that for later. So that same night he drives down to Cheryl Thomas's house, which is maybe like a couple blocks away, two, three blocks away from the, the Chi Omega house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he attacks Cheryl Thomas. He attacks her. The neighbors heard her, heard her screaming, you know, she survived luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I guess he left something on the floor. He left like a pantyhose mask. And so um, basically he's, you know, at this point he is, he's on a frenzy. He is on this like killing binge and it's just, I don't know, that, that night was just horrible. And I, you, you hear some of the, the, the survivors talk about, you know, that one, one of the survivors, you know, she, that he broke her jaw. She had to have all this reconstructive surgery. It, ugh, it's just like, it, just one after ugh, another, it's just one just... after another. It's just horrible. Like what the trauma that they went through. It's so, so fucking bad. Um, so then, um, three weeks after the Chi Omega attacks, this was February of 78, mm-hmm. um, Bundy abducts and kills 12-year-old Kimberly Leach. So she was like the youngest, well, at least that we know of, the youngest yeah, victim. The youngest. Um, uh, he he pretty much, you know, lures her out of school. And, and there was there was even a firefighter who saw them walking together, but he just figured like, Oh, that's, that's probably mm-hmm. like a dad and the, and the daughter. And you know, there's nothing weird about it mm-hmm. type of thing, but you know, but yeah, he, he witnessed him just taking her. Well, and they know. Yeah. Was, I mean, they, they found her body at a local park. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that was just, that was horrible. That, that kind of, that kind of got to me. I mean, it's, I mean, all these killings are horrible, but it's like when it, when it involves a child, it's like, it just, even it more just gruesome. hurts you more just because it's like they didn't even get a chance to live their life. Mm-hmm. Like it's really bad. So, um, so then he's in Pensacola, Florida. Um, so they pulled over a man because of the car model. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're looking out for him and then, you know, he gets pulled over again for this, whatever swerving violation. Man, this, I, know. This guy, I don't know who taught him to still, drive, but still it's doesn't know how to drive years later. <laughs> a I know. Driver. Already in 1978. So hasn't learned right? how to drive. No, doesn't know how to drive. I don't know where he, where he <laughs> obtained his driver's license, but you know, he, he confronts the, the police. He, you know, the officer, his um, pistol or whatever, and they were just fighting for it. So then the officer just got him. He pretty much just pistol with, with him. And so he gets arrested. Okay. I'm like finally again, yeah. um, gets arrested, but he gives the officer a different name. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have ID on him or whatever reason. And they, you know, I mean, back then, you know, fingerprints, they weren't, they weren't really like a useful tool for like, you know, IDing people and things like that. Unless you were, I think they, they only um, ID you. If you have fingerprints on file, that means you were arrested once. So those, so the people that were arrested, those are the only ones that have fingerprints on file. Oh, okay. Everyone else in the world was like, no. So, mm-hmm. um, so then, you know, they have this guy arrested and they can't figure out who he is because mm-hmm. he won't give his name. Right. He won't give his name. He won't give his name. Okay, fine. Time passes. He's like, okay, I'm going to finally give you my name. So he tells him, okay, you know, his name is Ted Bundy. So 
they're like, oh, damn, like, this is the guy. This is the Ted this Bundy. This is the Ted Bundy. Like, this time, Ted we're like, okay, Bundy. we're not going to let him out of our sight. Yeah. Like, for real this time. <laughs> like, we're putting, the, we're putting our foot like down. Like, legit? Like, legit. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, for real, for real, for real. For real. For real. <laughs> because, I don't know, they said that the last couple times. Right? And it's like, I'm still was able to So, am I really convinced that you guys got him locked up this time? Like, like for, real, for real, for real. Third, <laughs> third time's a charm. Yeah. Like, like, like three locks on him. All the shackles. Everything. No library. So anyway, um, so then we get introduced to uh, former sheriff Ken Katsaris. So he noticed the bite marks that are left on that on one of the Omega, the Chi Omega victims. So he's he kind of leads on that. He, you know, was trying to you know figure out how he how he can get a mold impression, you know, of the woman's bite marks, you know, the bite marks on the, mm-hmm. on the woman's you know um, body to match his Ted Bundy's. Um, so then he pretty much take, he goes to, um, Bundy's cell and he's just like, okay, like, we're going to go take a ride. Where, where are we going? He's going, he's going to go, um, to, he takes him to his dentist, uh-huh. to the sheriff's dentist. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how flowy and wishy-washy they were by that. Oh, we're just, just yeah. going to come to my dentist. I know yeah. a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know, right? So he's like, oh, um, you know, so Ted Bundy's like, wait a minute. Like, no, you don't, you don't, like, this is weird. Like, you can't do this. And so, so the, um, so Sheriff Ken is like, no, like, we have a search warrant signed by the judge to search his mouth. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I honestly didn't even know that's a thing, but I guess it's a thing. It's a thing. They can, they can, they can get you, they can look up in your mouth. (laughs) If needed. If needed. That's interesting. Signed by a judge. So, um. So in the documentary, you see, okay, they take him to the dentist, and you guys, the, glo- the dentist is not wearing gloves. That is so icky to me. Oh, that's I don't know. It, gives, it gave me anxiety. Um, so the trial goes underway, and Bunny represents himself, and then he calls Carol Boone to the stand, who is a former girlfriend of his back from his Washington days. Mm-hmm. So during this, you know, he's asking her questions, okay, you know, and then you guys, he asks her to marry him. Right there on yes, the spot. At, at his trial. Yep. How yeah. romantic is that? So like you're on the witness stand and you get proposed to. And, you know, but apparently it was totally legal. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, since it was it, in front of a notary. It, in front of a notary, in front of a judge. It was completely legal. And honestly, everybody was just like, what? 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 Yep. What? Of like, course, everyone like believed really it to be a publicity stunt really on his trial that. while yeah. she's a witness. Mm-hmm. And of course she says yes, because you know, how romantic is that to be proposed to while you're on the witness stand she in the courtroom? She was apparently very deeply in love with him. Oh, she was obsessed. Yeah. She was there at the all the, all the, every single trial, every, she was like their front and center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was there all the time. And she, you know, they, she even did an interview to uh, Ted Bundy's mom saying, oh my God, he's innocent. No, he didn't do any of this. He did not commit any of the crime. And she was like, it's weird because like how she said it, she's like, no, he did not kill um, you know, George, George Ann Hawkins. No, he did not kill Linda Ann Healy. No, he did not. Ki- and she was like, she named all of them. She named all of them. I'm like, that's pretty specific, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teach its own. Um, mm-hmm. So then, so she, you know, she really like, she goes to visit him a lot and things like that. You guys, she gets pregnant. Oh, wow. While she, he's in custody. Yeah. Amazing. Apparently you could just, you know, just uh, bribe a, 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 a guard. guard and, well, right. back in the days, it was easy. Back yeah, in, yeah like I guess I said, back then. The 70s, the 80s, I mean, it, it was, was super, pretty simple life. Yeah. There's an offspring out there. Ted Bundy. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. a baby girl, I believe. Yeah, I think her, her name's name, a girl. It was a girl. Um, I think her name was like Rose something. Yes, I think so. Yeah, but they pretty much live kind of a quiet life. Like they're like I've googled and there's like hardly there's nothing, nothing. out there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. nothing. We who knows? But I mean, I guess that's probably the best bet because you don't want to really flaunt it that you're Ted Bundy's offspring. <laughs> that's not something to brag about. Um, but anyway, um, flash forward so. He goes to trial. He's found guilty on all counts, and he's sentenced to death by electrocution. Mm-hmm. So the day of execution, which is uh, January twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine. So he was, yeah, as we said, electrocuted in an electric were chair. Partying oh, outside geez. of the jailhouse. It was like insane. They, they are full on party mode. They have signs. They have. They're, they're chanting. They're, it's. It's. It's crazy. It's, it's a party out there. Like, people were celebrating. They looking forward. out. Camped out. Like, yes. do you think what you guys really don't have life? I mean, I get it. You you know, you want to see this guy, you know, die. But, Jesus. Yeah, so at, at 7.06 a.m., that's when they just bolted a bunch of uh, voltage into his body. And he was pronounced dead uh, at 7.06, but he was announced to the public. At seven sixteen a.m., yeah, everyone celebrated, mm-hmm. and it was it was insane. But when he was asked what his last words were, he said, "I'd like you to give my love to all my family and friends." So, yeah, he had he had priorities, but he was a sick, sick man. That's horrible. So anyway, um, so that concludes our very first podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed the show. Um. We'll see when we do our next one. Um, we talked, you know, we mentioned um, talking about uh, the Lacey Peterson case. So we're probably more than likely going to do an episode on, on that case. That one's really interesting. So again, thanks for listening. Um, hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you guys next time on Mad About Crime. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.